1: of Common Threads. I'm Fred Stella, President of the Interfaith Dialogue Association. And you know something, as I survey the religious community here in Grand Rapids, and when I zero in on the Christian community, I notice that some denominations are more active within the ecumenical movement within Christianity than others. And one of the traditions that doesn't seem to get an awful lot of ink or have a great deal of presence in the Christian community here in Grand Rapids is the Christian science tradition. And we here at the Interfaith Dialogue Association and uh, on Common Threads like to rectify that when we can. It's been a while since we've had somebody representing the Christian science denomination, and we thought, well, it's about that time. And there's going to be a special event coming here within the next week that we would like to alert you to. Now, keep in mind that sometimes uh, we at Common Threads uh, rebroadcast these uh, shows. Uh, You can call them encore performances or archive editions or simply reruns. But assuming that you are listening to this uh, program in April of 2001 we're happy to announce that uh, something is happening between April 19th and the 22nd, and I have uh, something here I'd like to share with you. Among the subjects of interest to women to be addressed during the Women's Expo, which again is at the Grand Center, April 19th through the 22nd, are spiritual solutions to the need for self-esteem, satisfactory companionship, and strong marriage and families. International speaker Barbara Fife will discuss these issues and how to nurture spiritual growth in children during her talk at the Expo on Saturday, April 21st, at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. An authority on Mary Baker Eddy, one of the last century's most remarkable women, Fife will present ideas from Eddy's trailblazing book, Science and Health, with Keys to the Scripture. A pioneer in the connection between spirituality and well-being, Mary Baker Eddy's ideas grew out of many of the same challenges women face today, limited resources, marital infidelity, single parenting, and chronic poor health. Fife will also share her inspiring insights and compelling personal experiences based on her own spiritual search. As a teenager, she struggled with self-consciousness and low self-esteem. Relationship difficulties, severe headaches, and depression were healed when she began studying science and health with Keys to the Scriptures. She has tested and proven the healing concepts and problem-solving approach to life found in this book while raising two children and in her career in business accounting and management. She now concentrates on her work as a spiritual healer and public speaker. She and her husband make their home in Vancouver, British Columbia. And Barbara Fife, welcome to Common Threads.
2: Thank you, Fred.
1: It's uh, very interesting. I've noticed that, as I mentioned in the beginning, In the Christian community, uh, there are an awful lot of ecumenical activities. For instance, food banks, shelters, uh, special interfaith services for peace, for the environment, and... Being a part of Interfaith Dialogue Association, we are often asked to be a part of these kinds of things. And, of course, you always see the Presbyterians, you see the Baptists, uh, you see some Baptists. Uh, You might see the Catholics, you might see the Orthodox, but rarely do I see the Christian scientists uh, take part in these kinds of things. Um, Any idea why? I mean, do you feel a part of the greater Christian community where you live, and not just the Christian science community? Mm-hmm.
2: Well, yes, I, I certainly do. I, I don't know about Grand Rapids, but in, in Vancouver, certainly that is, I wouldn't say that's the case. The, the Christian Science Church, the first Church of Christ Scientist, may uh, may not have a presence under that heading but certainly I know in my own life and in the life of, of friends I have who are Christian scientists they take part in um, in things like that um, whether it's donating to the food bank or being there to help um, right at the at the shelters and things um, they they uh, in their own lives they are interconnected with groups like that are often on boards and um, represented in in that sort of way um, as a as a church itself um, prayer is the is the very basis of, of what we do and when there are community issues uh, prayer is is where the, the Christian scientists go immediately to, to support their community. And uh, that would certainly be one of the most important ways that they are present and active.
1: There, there are some denominations of Christianity uh, that uh, seem to walk around with big targets on their backs uh, in terms of the evangelical wing of Christianity preaching against them uh are are christian scientists uh, a a part of that uh uh, are they on the wrong team so to speak uh do you have do do you notice say in searching the web or uh in publications uh that some people might warn christians against uh christian science have you ever come across that
2: well, I think today there's there's more and more awareness of of um, uh, a what should I say? Just a a camaraderie, a, a sense of, of giving, a sense of of um, understanding what what others believe and and seeing the connection that we all have in in our desire to closer
1: to god well certainly it, ideally that is very true and while there is a strong both an ecumenical movement and let's uh, let's define ecumenical the normal uh, denotation of ecumenical is uh, a gathering together of christian denominations but with only within christianity where interfaith would be uh, a gathering of various religions mm-hmm. together mm-hmm. so Uh, Certainly there is a grand ecumenical movement as well as an interfaith movement, and in that ecumenical movement I see a number of denominations gathering together, but I also know that some denominations are not quite as welcome. For instance, uh, the Mormons are not as welcome uh, in certain groups because you have people going out there actually attacking uh, uh, Mormonism. You have people attacking the Jehovah's Witnesses. Uh, and so what you're saying is that in your experience, you've not had a, much of a problem with seeing people attempting to attack Christian science.
2: No, I haven't. And in fact, I've taken part in talks at, at universities where there were um, representations from many different religions, and there would be one subject brought up, and, and we would all be discussing that one that one subject together and um, as a panel. And there's always been just a wonderful sense of, of unity and, and supporting each other and appreciating the, the differences and also the commonality.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, those kinds of activities are very, very helpful, obviously. Uh, well, let's talk a little bit about you. You were not uh, born into the faith of Christian science? am i reading that correctly
2: well i was i i uh i was i went to went to sunday school but as a teenager i i had some difficult experiences that kind of sent me off in in another direction and um, i experienced uh, date rape as a teen and that even though it wasn't a, a really violent thing it was in the 60s it wasn't some it wasn't even called that you know it was just sort of accepted that that the girl had done something wrong and
1: um yeah so, they they would say she asked for it
2: yeah exactly mm-hmm. exactly and and so that really turned my sense of myself around and i'd never been big in in the self esteem <laughs> department and so that just seemed to finish um me and and I went through a really difficult couple of years with some um, migraine headaches and and just so unhappy and um, just exhibiting a lot of the the symptoms that go along with that sort of thing and um, at had no interest in God. I was absolutely positive that there wasn't a God, there couldn't be, in my in my thinking at that time. But I found myself. Uh, turning to science and health and began to to see a different sense of myself and what was there was just speaking right to my heart I guess you could say as nothing else could my my mother for instance was so wonderful and and supportive and said all the right things you know that that a parent says under situations like that but it just didn't help and Science and health was just able to to lift that sense of of unworthiness
1: when you were growing up and uh, you were going to Sunday school, uh, you were a part of the community, did you see at that time the value of the Christian science teachings, or were you just sort of going along for the ride? Well, you
2: know what I mean? that's an interesting question because i've i've often thought about that and and i really did love what i was learning in sunday school i mean i was learning that god was love and that we are all his children and that that he wasn't a an angry god or or a vengeful god or you know a god that thought of me as a sinner but i grew up um learning that that uh we are made in the image and likeness of God. But when it comes to, to dealing with those things, we all have to find our way to do that, either within our, our own faith or, or not. Did, and I found that this was a testing time.
1: Did you grow up seeing uh, people being healed? Uh,
2: oh, yes. Yes, so it,
1: w- it wasn't a matter of, of really doubting the efficacy of all of this. It was just sort of... It w- wasn't plugged in in the right places, it sounds like.
2: Yes, it, it just sort of sent me off on a, on a spin and, uh, and actually not turning to it, but turning away from it instead. But ultimately, the answer was in turning to it, mm-hmm. turning to... Uh, to the very basis of it. And as I went back and started reading Science and Health, um, from that place of need, I found that that's where the answers were.
1: Well, let's talk a little bit about the, the theology and the uh, uh, Mary Baker Eddy. Now, I asked this question on this very program a couple of years ago to uh, a couple of people, uh, practitioners of Christian science, and they had never heard this concept before, but I'm going to pose it to you, and maybe you have. I read somewhere, and I wish I could find where it was that I read this, because now I just have no proof. It's just this uh, this concept in the back of my brain somewhere, that Mary Baker Eddy had some knowledge did some investigation into eastern spirituality through the the hindu the uh, the vedas the upanishads the the various scriptures uh such as that Uh, but i've looked through a a great deal of christian science literature and i see nothing to support that even though the uh the philosophies are incredibly similar so two-part question first of all have you ever heard of that uh, that Mary Baker already has uh, had any uh, uh, exposure to uh, to Eastern teachings, and second of all, regardless of whether she did or she didn't, do you notice a similarity uh, in them, if you've, if you've read anything uh, Eastern at all?
2: Well, in answer to the first, I, I haven't I can't say that I've read anything that uh, specifically backs that up, Fred, but I She was an incredibly well-read woman she quotes many people of of her day and previously she she read everything so it wouldn't doesn't surprise me this thought that that she read um things like that Mm -hmm. but she does say that the bible the the king james version of the bible and that that was her only source in writing Science and Health and in, in founding what she, what she did, the Church and, and um, the denomination.
1: And the part two of that question? And the
2: part two is, uh, I have not read a lot, but I, I have uh, spoken with, um, with Muslims who love Science and Health because of they see it as as being um, very supportive of what they believe and of having a, a, a real deep spirituality in the same way that that their faith does mm-hmm. so I,
1: I'm I, sure that would be true but I wouldn't classify Islam as, as an Eastern religion it's it's a Semitic religion, just as, as Christianity is. Mm, okay. uh, I, I'm speaking okay. further east, uh, to India and Nepal and China. Mm-hmm. Yes. And and the reason I say that is because in looking over uh, a number of publications, uh, as well as uh, Mary Baker Eddy's book, you find things like, for instance, the concept of the Father-Mother-God. Yes. I mean, that that is definitely definitely very uh, vedic would be the word coming from the vedas which are the ancient uh, Indian mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. scriptures yeah. um the concept of being a part of this this holy substance that, that we are spiritual beings having a physical experience as opposed to physical beings having a spiritual experience
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh that is all very very eastern the notion of uh, the ability uh, for the, uh, the the whole mind-body-spirit connection is uh, incredibly uh, a part of it. For instance, uh, uh, Tai Chi classes, uh, mm-hmm. which are very, very popular these days, and yoga classes, mm-hmm. all of that, even though those are um, physical exercises, so to speak, still have a, a, a strong connection to what's going on in the mind, because if you... Uh, practice yoga, but you're watching television Well, you're not practicing yoga because you, you have to uh, be as meditative as possible. So those are the kinds of things that I see which are, are very impressive and it, and it seems like uh, uh, there's a lot of Christian denominations who are starting to investigate this mind-body-spirit connection and you all wrote the book on it literally hundred years ago. That's
2: very true. That's very true and uh, although what you're saying about this sense of the, of the Eastern um, view of this. At the same time, her, her view of this came out of her human experience. She was studying homeopathy. She was looking for an answer to her health problems. And she looked into everything that was uh, used in her day. And homeopathy was one of those that was just beginning to become um, popular and she studied that for a couple of years and actually uh, studied it under a homeopathic physician and uh, prescribed homeopathic remedies for, for patients for a couple of years. And it was it was during that time that she began to see the, the definite connection between the mind and the body, between what the patient thought they were getting, and and the effectiveness of of um, the drug, no matter how dilute it was, or or the thought of the patient and and the recovery. And that's what physicians are, are seeing today in their studies with with prayer and and with with drugs as well. And as you say, the, the Christian denominations today are, are just seeing more and more that that connection. And, and how important that is, and how healing was such a major part of Jesus' ministry. And how wonderful it is that it can be part of ours. There was a there's a physician in uh, Texas who's um, the director of the Institute of Religion at the Texas Medical Center, and he he said that as medicine was becoming more clinically driven in more focused on outcomes at the same time in the late 19th century the whole idea of the role of spirituality in health and well-being and healing was also presenting itself and he said certainly Mary Baker Eddy was the great and shining example of this She kept reminding us in a very real way that there's an interconnectedness with what goes on in the soul and the spirit with what goes on in the body
1: I'd like to talk a little bit more about Mary Baker Eddy, but I think we are going to wait until our next program to get into the uh, into the uh, in-depth study of her life. Uh, right now, I'd like you to talk a little bit about the Women's Expo. Uh, aside from what uh, you are presenting uh, on that weekend, can you give us any uh, sneak previews of what's going to go on?
2: Well, I, I have not... Um had a, a huge list or anything of of what's going on. Um, you mentioned a few in in your introduction, and uh, I know that it's an expo to support to support women in in their search for answers.
1: And this is sponsored by the local
2: Christian Scientist Church. Uh, no, the the expo itself is something that is a yearly uh, happening in Grand Rapids. It's um, I, I don't know whether it's the third or fourth year, and uh, th- this particular talk is just one of many. I see. Yes, there there will be all sorts of different uh, different things going on, and uh, there'll be even uh, fashion shows and and uh, speakers from from different areas speaking about different aspects of. of uh, of women's
1: lives. Okay, and uh, let's uh, remind people again that the Women's Expo takes place at the Grand Center, and it's coming up uh, this uh, next weekend, April 19th
2: through the 22nd. That's right.
1: And you will be giving your talk on Saturday, April 21st at 1 o'clock. That's
2: right, at 1 o'clock.
1: And I'm trying to see if I have any... Phone numbers on as far as what was sent to me, I'll tell you what. Let me give uh, one. I have one number here that would probably be the best one for people to call, and that would be 458-7511. 458-7511 and uh, the uh, woman is, that you would talk to would be Penny. Mhm.
2: Yes. And
1: and she could probably give you even more information on the uh, on the schedule for the entire weekend. Um, so tell me a little bit about uh, about what you do, Barbara. Uh, you you travel a lot, don't you? Because we've been trying to put this uh, interview together for two months now. <laughs> I know, <laughs> and it hasn't been all your fault. I'll tell you that right now. But at the same time, you're you're just away.
2: <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's wonderful. Well, I I travel giving talks on uh, on health and Mary Baker Eddy. And so I've, I've been uh, around a little this, this, this March, particularly.
1: Do you also uh, teach in the Christian science churches as well?
2: I, I don't teach. I am a Christian science practitioner, which means that people can call me when they are wanting to, um, to pray for healing.
1: But in you have no ministerial role, is what oh, you're saying? Oh, I
2: see. Um, myself personally, no. There are people who teach classes on science. Uh, I'm I'm not one of them. Um, in uh, certainly, if anybody is interested in in teachers, uh, any Christian Science Reading Room could could give them a list and and. Uh, tell them more about it.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, you have you have two children, I believe, you say. Yes, I have. And they are grown. Are they both uh, They're involved in Christian science? I said, yeah. are they both involved with Christian science?
2: Uh, my daughter more more so than my son, but um, both are um, certainly very, very Christian and uh, very... Involved in community and, and uh, so it's it's a day to day thing, isn't it? We're, <laughs> you know, we're we're all growing and uh, right. But, but yeah, they're they're both uh, both wonderful.
1: I'd like to um, tell people how to get a hold of you. Can we give your email or do you have a website?
2: Yes, um, my email, certainly, I can give you. There is a, a, a wonderful website, um, www.spirituality.com, where people can go and, and uh, look up science and health and, and read uh, articles on, on uh, different aspects of, of spirituality and, and how practical spirituality is. And uh, so if, if you'd like my my email it's uh just barb m fife at aol dot com
1: okay excellent i'm going to ask you to hang on for a minute barbara and then we'll talk about what we're going to be doing next week in the meantime i'd like to remind people that interfaith dialogue association has a speakers bureau itself and if you are involved in a school or a church or a civic organization that is interested in learning about the various world faith traditions you can contact us at 454 5960 that's in the 616 area of course 454 5960 you can contact us and uh, free of charge we can send uh, people representing various uh, faith traditions to, as I say, schools, churches. We do this on a regular basis, and it's something that uh, we've neglected to speak about on the radio. But anyway, we are going to continue our conversation with Barb vife next week. So please join us here at WGVU for Common Threads. I'm Fred Stella. Thank you so much.
0: Common Threads is a production of WGVU in cooperation with the Interfaith Dialogue Association. The views and opinions expressed are not necessarily those of the station, its underwriters, or Grand Valley State University. In many cases, the participants on this program represent themselves and may not be designated spokespeople for the faiths they represent. Send questions and comments by email through our website www.interfaithdialogueassociation.org. Thank you for listening and join us again next week for another edition of Common Threads.
1: Stella, president of the Interfaith Dialogue Association, welcoming you to another edition of Common Threads. Last week we began our conversation with Barbara Fife. She lives in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and she travels the continent talking about uh, spirituality, healing, Mary Baker Eddy, the founder of Christian Science, uh, as well as other aspects of that particular denomination. We talked about healing, we talked about um, we talked about her life, and we are going to continue with a special focus on the work of Mary Baker Eddy here on Common Threads. So Barbara, welcome back to Common Threads.
2: Thank you, Fred. Glad to be here.
1: I, as we were wrapping things up uh, last week, I thought, boy, I wanted to talk to you so much more about Mary Baker Eddy, but I didn't want to stop you in the middle of a sentence and, uh, and leave people hanging. So now that we have the time, Let's talk about the life of this extraordinary woman. Um, besides the areas of health, I know that she is she was very active in, um, well, what what wasn't called back then the feminist movement, but very well could have been. Uh, let's talk about the the uh, era that she grew up in and how she was uh, a, a bit of a maverick.
2: <laughs> well, that's that's true, and uh, in the time that she grew up was not an easy time uh for women particularly i i mean women were were not really expected to contribute to um to any dialogue except as it related to children and family and they weren't expected to uh to be doing any interpreting of the bible just reading the bible but here she was someone who was very intelligent very spiritually connected to to God at a at a very young age and very interested in in all of this dialogue that was going on in her family her, her family were were calvinists and uh she was very interested in all the, the talks that were going on among the men about about God and and the community and how that related and um so she, it was just very natural for her to, to be thinking along these lines. And uh, so as she began to, to be searching for answers, because her health was poor, her, her young husband died in the first year of their marriage, leaving her penniless and pregnant, so she moved back with her family, and her son was born. This birth weakened her physically and it was not easy to to be looking after him and when her when her mother died when her son was four or five um, suddenly it was even harder for this situation and the outcome of that was that her father placed her son in a sort of a foster home situation much against her will but he was to marry again and and she ended up moving in with one of her sisters who um who would take her but not her son so you know this it was not an easy time and she realized that in order to go on with her life and perhaps be able to get her son back again and and have some some purpose and maybe be able to support herself she needed to have her health and so that was the focus of of her search uh she, as we mentioned last week, she, she tried homeopathy, she tried um, diet and, and water cure and all sorts of things of her day as well as what today we call traditional religion. And, but it was only through really going back again and again to the Bible, which is something she grew up with and something that was a huge part of her daily life, that she began to find her, her answers and answers that were practical because they healed her and she ended up sharing ideas with people and found that she could teach others what she was learning and they were in turn able to heal and the outcome of that was that she wrote Science and Health a doctor whose patient was healed of of tuberculosis when he was right there said to her what did you do? What, what is this? system that you're that you're using and she her answer was very humbly I don't know it it was God and so he asked her whether there was a book about what she was doing and when she said no he he urged her to write a book and publish it and share it with the world and interestingly when she got home after that particular instance she opened her Bible as she did every day for for direction and inspiration and her eyes fell on a passage in the Bible that said um, go and write in a book Um, I haven't got the exact quote I'm sorry but uh, and so that's that's what she did she realized that she could only speak to so many people help so many people but a book was something that could be available to anyone and long past her her life and uh, that's exactly what has happened this book has been healing and and helping people to connect with their their spirituality and and their identity as as a child of god for over 125 years
1: now certainly praying for health is something that is universal amongst all of the world religions what would you expect to be the difference between a Methodist praying for healing and a Christian Scientist praying for healing. Why why would one be more efficacious than the other?
2: Well, I I can't say that it is, and I I uh, don't know any Methodists, uh, or at least not American Methodists. I had a friend in Canada who was a Methodist, but I think it's quite a different uh, different religion. But i i agree with you everyone prays for health this is it is universal uh i think i can only speak from from the point of view of of christian science and readers of science and health one of the most important bases of of our prayer is the fact that that god's will for us is health that that he is a loving father-mother God and that Jesus healed because it was it was God's will and he told us that we too could could heal the works that that I do shall you do also
1: so if somebody was interested in this and they picked up Mary Baker Eddy's book and they they made this a part of their life and they were called to prayer for for healing for themselves or for other people then what is the need then for a a practitioner why would an outside person be called in for this you know what what do you as a practitioner have that maybe i don't have you know how can you can you get through to god any better than somebody else is right. what i'm saying yes
2: yes well a practitioner is is not an an intermediary a a practitioner is someone who who prays with just as in other religions there are prayer groups Uh, one difference is that a practitioner devotes their full time to this so this is something they do all day long and it is something that they they um, just focus on completely and in that way they perhaps have more more experience uh than than someone who's doing it um occasionally Uh, i don't know whether that fully answers your question but i think the most important thing to to understand is that that i am not any better or any more connected uh, to god than anyone else we all have that that oneness with God we're all God's children we're all equal in God's eyes and uh, but when someone calls me for prayer I am knowing the same thing about them that they are knowing about them and together we're we're supporting this movement of thought which is which is what heals what changes
1: and How would you differentiate yourself from the Pentecostal preacher who does the laying on of the hands Mm -hmm. and the big auditoriums where people Mm -hmm. come up and and get healed? What's going on there? What's going on when you are involved in someone's healing?
2: Well, again, Fred, it's so hard for me to answer that because I'm not familiar enough with what they're doing. You'd need both of us on the program to... To talk about the similarities and and the differences.
1: Um, no, I, that, that's that's a fair answer. I, I was just uh, mm-hmm. curious, mm-hmm. wondering if you'd if you'd ever had contact with people yeah. who healed in that in that mm-hmm. manner or purported to have healed in that manner.
2: I I haven't. You know, every healing is is an instance of our connecting to God, and. Um, they're all so so wonderful and i often when i'm giving talks people will come up and and talk about having had a healing or they're having been a healing in their family through a priest laying on hands or or a prayer group getting together and praying for someone and having the situation totally turn around but they see in science of health something that enables them to find out how this happens and and what sh- what Mary Baker Eddy discovered was that there were laws of God, laws that governed healing, laws that Jesus understood and and practiced, and that those laws were like the law of gravity; they apply to each one of us all the time. And as we as we learn about those laws, and and as we're um, more consistently connecting our thought to the thought of God, we find healing more more consistently and more quickly because it is a natural thing for us all to to be connected to God. Certainly that was part of Jesus' message, wasn't it?
1: If you're just joining us, uh, this is Common Threads here on WGVU. My name is Fred Stella and we're talking with Barbara Fife about the Christian science tradition. Uh, Barbara, I, I read recently in a Christian science magazine about a woman who uh, was involved in an auto accident, I believe, and she was taken to a hospital, and they put her uh, they put her on an IV, and then, then they released her. She said that she did not want any treatment uh, beyond what she had, uh, and she, they sent her home, and she and she was fine. She was uh, completely healed. My question is, right from the moment, I mean, if, if, your, if your loved one was involved in an auto accident, would you even want them to go to the hospital in the first place? Was having the IV uh, uh, put into their veins, was that something that y- you might be opposed to, you know? Um, what about things where it's uh, something where a broken leg needs to be set or, you know, some some sort of procedure such as that.
2: Well, the answer to that is that each of us is uh, on a spiritual journey, and we're at at different places in in that you know in that journey. And so, what I might do in that circumstance i can't honestly tell you i i can only tell you what's happened in the past um if if my children were involved in a in an automobile accident i can't honestly tell you what i would do but i can tell you that i would never stop them from going to a hospital and having IV or anything else if that was what they wished um,
1: but if they were unconscious, you may have to do the thinking for them.-- mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. Then I can only I can only say that I I would be praying and just holding to that prayer and know that I would be led to do what was right and what was needed. And often those those healings, those turnarounds come even before. Um, people get to a hospital that that has happened many times but you know when when my son was born he was born with a a blockage in the brain and we were told that there was a huge percentage of chance that he would be mentally and physically retarded um, 95 percent or something like that and um, he went from the hospital where he was born to another hospital miles away where there was a neurosurgeon, and um, they were looking after him, watching him, um, expecting to, um, just to wait until he recovered from the birth to to go in and, and operate. And we were praying the whole time, and there was no thought of removing him from that care. There was just the thought of, of doing what what seemed the, the highest right at the moment. And that that blockage was was healed. it disappeared. Even I've ex-
1: yeah. ra- no, said I've certainly heard of things like that uh, yeah, uh, yeah. certainly so it's, it's, it's even credible. though
2: x-rays were taken and they were expecting to go in, any day and and do this operation and i was asked to give permission for the x-rays they called and said we need to take more x-rays because these aren't conclusive we're we're not seeing the blockage and uh and so this this type of healing goes on all the time
1: Um, i'm sorry just for um, when you're talking with uh, women who are involved mm-hmm. in Christian science mm-hmm. uh, are, are they encouraged one way or the other as to where to give birth uh, for instance are, are hospitals fine or would you encourage midwives mm-hmm.
2: well I know women who do both and who have done both it's lovely to have a home birth if that's possible it really is but that isn't always what, what women want Christian science women are as different and varied in their, their needs and their wants as, as other women. And um, some, some would gravitate that the direction of a home birth just immediately, and others might not even think about it. So it just depends.
1: Um, in talking about Christian science and where it fits in, in the grand family of Christianity... Um, I certainly noticed the, in the literature that you focus very much, again, as you said, the, the father-mother aspect, uh, that uh, we were uh, created in love, that we uh, are created of spiritual substance, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and that we're not sinners. That certainly goes against the the uh, dogma of perhaps 90% of Christianity, and um, Tell me what you, how you respond to people who point to verses in Scripture which claim that the entire human race is, you know, sin, sin-filled and depraved. You know, how do you respond to that?
2: Well, I think my first response is always that Mrs. Eddy's authority for speaking of man as as spiritual and perfect is the first chapter of Genesis where it talks about man made in the image and likeness of God male and female and the the last verse says that God saw everything that he had made and behold it was very good and then you have the second chapter of Genesis that talks about Adam and Eve but in many um, cultures um, there are stories of the first people and, and uh, just like Adam and Eve but it's not necessarily a, a, a truth it's Mrs. Eddy saw it as, a, as an allegory to answer questions like why are we here and why is childbirth painful and why do we have to work so hard to to get anything and to to start from the premise of being good is a far better uh, basis for redemption than to start with the basis of being bad or sin sinning we know in bringing up children that if you're constantly telling them that they're stupid and ignorant and and um, sinful you're not going to be raising good children or healthy children whereas if you are telling them that they are good and that they're loved and that they're loving and that they're worthy and worthwhile you're going to be raising children who who will contribute something to the world and it's the same in in every other aspect of life
1: no I I would agree with you wholeheartedly at the same time there are other verses in scripture and I don't have a Bible in front of me and uh, not being an evangelical I I've never committed those to memory um, but uh, i certainly know that they're there claiming that uh, all have sinned all have fallen short of the grace of god uh, uh, you must repent acknowledge your sinfulness etc um did did uh, mary baker eddie uh claim that perhaps these particular verses were not truly the will of god uh, did she comment on them at all
2: well I she saw that the Bible had to be interpreted spiritually rather than literally and through her study of the Bible she saw a little different view of of some of those verses the, the word repent for instance really means to change the way you think and so as we change the way we think from a wholly material basis of one of of sin and and limitation to a more spiritual basis change the view of ourselves then we are going to be repenting and reforming and and growing uh, better and better Uh, I think that if if sin was was the status of man in God's eyes and could only be that and never anything else then there was really no no point for um, for healing that that Jesus did in his ministry even even the adulterous woman was forgiven but Mrs. is very clear that forgiveness of sin has to come through Reformation it has to come through a change of of life and so she uh, she wasn't writing that we can ignore sin or ignore the things that are wrong in the human experience but that through lifting our thought to to what God has has done and and what God loves about about us and knows about us that 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 lifts the human life to to a better life and a better sense of, of ourselves, and that's what
1: heals. There is not a great deal of attention. I, I mean, I'm i sure that there is a theology or eschatology here somewhere, but the afterlife in, uh, in Christian science is not dwelt upon a great deal, is it?
2: Eternal life is... Uh, Is really what you're talking about eternal life immortal life well certainly it is um, because what we gain here we take with us life is eternal it does continue it doesn't end with what's called death of of the material body but if any of the the books that have been written about life after life experiences of people one thing that's common with all of them is that they take their consciousness of who they are and where they are, you know, um, uh, in their in their thought of themselves, with them.
1: Well, no, I wasn't. I wasn't claiming that there there was no belief. Right. In that, I, I'm just simply saying that it's not something that's that's dwelt upon. I mean, there's a number <laughs> of Christian denominations that uh, really spend most of their time talking about you know if if you're going to do something if you're if you're doing the wrong thing you're you're going to pay for it dearly etc etc and I Jesus see. is coming back tomorrow and all of this and I just don't get the sense that that is something that weighs on the mind of the typical Christian scientist very often I think that taking care of your needs here in the present life your spiritual needs are certainly given much more power Ink, if you will. Am I am I correct on that?
2: Well, in 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 my life, I can really only speak for myself. But I would say yes, and the reason for that is because, as I said, just a little bit ago, that because um, we see that we're all on this spiritual journey and we're all working toward um, the the life that that Jesus came to tell us about and to be followers of of Christ is to continue um, growing spiritually right where we are and so in in my life that's certainly um, where my focus is in in my relationships with with my family and and um, with my community in living the the highest sense and, and the best that I can right here
1: Uh, Barbara, uh, once again, you did this last week, but uh, please, again, uh, tell us how to get a hold of you, and you also gave a website or two that you thought would be of interest to people.
2: Yes, there's a a website, www.spirituality.com, and this is a website where you can go and um, look into science and health, you can find out more about Mary Baker Eddy, you can... Um, read articles and and things on on different aspects of of the practicalness of spirituality it's it's just a great website and uh, if you want to um, talk to a a Christian scientist really one of the best places to go is is a Christian science reading room there are people right there um, on staff it's, it's like a bookstore where you can go and, and um, buy Science and Health or or get the Christian Science Monitor, and you can ask questions about about Science and Health and, and Mary Baker Eddy.
1: Okay. I, well, well, listen, we're out of time right now, Barbara, but I want to thank you so much for being with us here these past couple of weeks. Um, my name is Fred Stella. This has been Common Threads, and you're listening
0: to WGVU. Common Threads is a production of WGVU in cooperation with the Interfaith Dialogue Association. The views and opinions expressed are not necessarily those of the station, its underwriters, or Grand Valley State University. In many cases, the participants on this program represent themselves and may not be designated spokespeople for the faiths they represent. Send questions and comments by email through our website www.interfaithdialogueassociation.org. Thank you for listening, and join us again next week for another edition of Common Threads.